Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Peter Gabbett Podcast, Episode 5. Today is December 19th, 2019. We are six days away from Christmas. I'm super excited. First off, I'm going to talk about another new movie. I don't know what the deal is, but it just seems like I love reviewing movies, so I'm going to do it every time at the beginning of the podcast. Today's movie is The Joker. You knew it would happen eventually. It's a popular movie. It made more money than virtually any movie out there. Joaquin Phoenix, at his finest, seriously awesome. People are offended, are just plain ridiculous. If you can't watch a pretend character, get a bunch of pretend people all riled up by glorifying schizophrenia, depression, psychosis, murder, rage, and suicidal tendencies, then you are an overly sensitive, easily offended snowflake who should go watch A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood with Tom Hanks playing Mr. Rogers. Although it is, although it is sure to be an epic flick, it only reminds you of how much, truly better than you in every possible way, that the real Mr. Rogers is. And Tom Hanks, for that matter. Amazon, people. Amazon is taking over the globe. I expect everything to come out from Amazon soon. I mean, where's the Amazon hookers? Actually, that kind of already re- exists in Brazil, but uh, a little too manly for me. Where's the Amazon OG and the Amazon Kush, Amazon Dispensary... Amazon TV that sells you shit while you watch. It's got to be better than my TV situation. Bought a giant LG flat screen TV two years ago. And I swear to God, every two years something happens with my TVs and it gets downgraded to the next room. And now every room in my house has a giant flat screen in it. One of them being my bedroom with a enormous flat screen. It takes up almost the whole room only because... I bought it with a two-year warranty, and exactly the day of the two-year expiration of the warranty, it began to turn off and on by itself, every 15 minutes. Now, I researched this deeply to find out if there was anything I could do to fix it. There was no solutions. Nobody in the entire San Diego County area is a certified LG technician, so nobody could help me, of course, or I could choose to send the entire TV in a box back to LG only to get it sent back to me and have paid probably as much in shipping as I did to get the original TV. So, to avoid dropping a $1,000 TV on the street corner because it still somewhat works, I decided to use it as my bedroom TV since it turns off and on every 15 minutes and I really don't watch TV in that room anyway. TVs, LG, don't get it. Just got a Samsung, much better. Speaking of Samsung, ladies and gentlemen, I got the Samsung Galaxy S10. Can't say enough good things about this phone. It's great, it's amazing, good good camera, great speed, just all around perfect. But I will say one thing. What the hell is Bixby? I mean, I understand. It's a voice assistant, but why does it remind me of the movie Tremors every time I say it? Probably because, by the way, Tremors, great movie, classic, amazing, Kevin Bacon. But all I hear every time I say Bixby is Kevin Bacon saying, we gotta get to Bixby. Couldn't it be a name that's like Siri, Alexa, or just Google? But Bixby? I mean, Bixby people? Couldn't get trashier than that. WTF, Samsung. W. TF. One of my least favorite subjects of all time and things in life is dishes. And let me just ask this question. Why the F doesn't any single house in IB that I've lived in in the past nine years have a dishwashing machine? I don't know if they just assume people by the beach enjoy hand-washing dishes, but I do not. Do they expect now that we have our own mobile dishwashing machine? 
to take with us between houses? Are we expected to buy a dishwashing machine now, people? I just expected that every house built bef after 1965 would automatically have a dishwashing machine in it. But no, I have to start my daily ritual of turning on music, putting on gloves, because I have little bitch dry hands, and of course, a gigantic bong hit, so I'm not bored out of my mind while I'm doing dishes all day. Speaking of movies, uh, I got sucked into a It Is So Bad, I Must Keep Watching It type movie last night. Uh, I'm sure none of you have heard of this. I've never heard of it. I don't know how because there's so many people in it, but sometimes these hidden, not real gems, but just nightmares are out there, and one of them is called Mixed Nuts. Yes, it's a Christmas movie. It doesn't even sound like a Christmas movie. Who, who names a Christmas movie Mixed Nuts? I mean, Nutcracker, something that has to do with Christmas, but Mixed Nuts? So terrible. It has Steve Martin, Juliette Lewis, Adam Sandler, Liv Schreiber as a woman. Yeah, Ray Donovan, ladies and gentlemen. Ray Donovan cross-dressing in the movie Mixed Nuts. It's about as horrendous as it gets. Uh, but another question, side note. In this movie, Juliette Lewis is pregnant the whole time. Is she always pregnant? I mean, how many kids does this lady have? I remember The Way of the Gun. She was pregnant in that, too. How can you get so many jobs as a pregnant actress? She must be pretty phenomenal if they still want her in all of them. Mad respect, working mom, can't blame you, total badass. Music, everyone, music. I told you it's my life. I'm going to clarify a few things here real quick because some people don't understand it. I certainly do. Aesop Rock versus Aesop Rocky. So let me tell you right now, Aesop Rock is a total badass. One of the best old-school underground hip-hop rappers of all time coming out of the East Coast is New York. He is a straight-up G. If you've never heard any of Aesop Rock's albums, listen to Labor Days. That one's the best. Play on words. Aesop's fables. He used to write rhymes. Aesop Rock writes rhymes. Clever name. Aesop Rocky. Don't know what this guy's deal is. Looks like another freak. Don't know what his name means. I mean, is it as soon as possible Rocky Balboa? Are we, are we summoning? Are we summoning Sly Stallone here? I, I really don't understand what his name is, but it sounds like he copied Aesop Rock, and that's garbage. Greaves is a dope rapper. Check out Greaves. Never heard of him. He's dope. All, most all rhyme sayers music is decent. Uh, rest in peace. Idea from Ideas and Abilities. Never got a chance to say that until now. One of the greatest rappers of all time. Idea. You know, I know you're out there shining down on us, trying to teach us all how to write as good of lyrics as you. It's never going to happen. You're the man. Rest in peace, my man. My kids are geniuses. I know everyone says that. Everybody says, oh, my kid's so smart. Mine's the best. Mine's, you know, it's smarter than me when I was a kid. Seriously, mine are geniuses. I mean, I'm borderline genius as it is, so just having a kid that's a genius makes sense. Okay, my son Ethan started talking super young. Now, my mother, best grandma in the world, you know, every time I need her, takes care of my kids. She's the best. It's not very often, but it does happen that, you know, there's something they need that I don't have yet that she knows about. It's a learning experience. I'm not a perfect dad. Nobody is. So one day, my kid comes up to me and he keeps asking me over and over, Dad, 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 I need monkey butt. I need monkey butt. And you, you, can, you can understand the general shock when I first hear this because uh, just uh, two words that to me have nothing to do with a child, uh, child monkey butt. You know, I don't know what was going on. To me, it sounded like my son 
you know, was a, a racist sex addict. You know, it almost sounded like he was unaware that saying monkey butt is not appropriate, uh, but really I was the one who was unaware. Because it turns out that uh, my son is not a sex addict with jungle fever, with Sir Mix-a-Lot jungle fever, but actually monkey butt is a real thing. So my grandmother, er, his grandmother, my mom, uh, one day noticed a small rash, you know, on, on his bum, where he had had probably a case of explosive diarrhea sit in his diaper for several hours, giving him a red rash on his bum. Now she had what is known as monkey butt. Uh, it's actually just basically talcum powder, I'm pretty sure. And you put it on there, rash goes away the next day. She told him what it was one time. He memorized it. He came home and asked me for monkey butt over and over. Now, I, I had no idea what this was, you know, it just to me it was mind-boggling that he remembered the exact name of an obscure, just baby rash stuff that I've never heard of, but if you're out there, your kid has a rash, it says it's for a boy only, monkey butt, fantastic product, works really well. I'm a fan of communication, all forms of communication, you know, I always think that I speak pretty good Spanish, but you know what, I do speak well? My own personal language, created by me and my Serbian friends. Since we live by the border, we all speak a little Spanish too. It is called Spanglerbian. Spanglerbian, ladies and gentlemen, Spanglerbian. It's a combination of Spanish, English, and Serbian. Quick example. Que paso, pichcos? When you pinche is coming through. Translation. What up, pussies? When are you effing dicks coming to my house? It's a brand new language, Spanglerbian, accidentally invented by myself, Milan, and Teodora. I must say, if you don't know any other languages, but you know bits and pieces of some, create your own like we did, Spanglerbian people. Good way to speak code if you're trying to avoid somebody understanding you. Also, nobody else knows any Span Serbian words, so it's probably only going to be me and them. Spanglerbian. Another form of communication that I admire. Uh, a lot of you don't know about this app because, well, let's face facts, it's not very popular, but I personally love it. It's called Marco Polo. If you've never had the app before, get it now. If you have had it before and you didn't like it, get it again because I'm telling you, it grows on you. Give it a chance. Marco Polo, it's like adult Snapchat. Why don't I use regular Snapchat? So I'm not a 12-year-old girl with a crush using a filter to cover up my deformed face. Also, I can have a digital boyfriend to use to ignore my embarrassing family who I can't relate to because I'm a spoiled millennial adolescent. Seriously, though, I do love Marco Polo. It's the next tell push to talk with a face for old bastards like me. Clarification, I'm not actually a bastard. Great parents, amazing childhood, mean as hell older bros. Standard Christian American, you know, whitey. Standard Christian American whitey, that's me. But I will say, on the real though, Marco Polo, get it, hit up your friends, cool stuff on there. I'm really old. What the hell? I'm going to give you a fair warning right now. The next segment, segment is going to be controversial. Now, it might even be downright embarrassing for me, but you know, I'm pretty much never embarrassed, so that won't happen. But for any of you related to me or friends with me, this will embarrass you for me and vice versa. So, you know, if you don't want to hear it, if you're afraid of this type of stuff, flip through this, you know, go to another podcast, whatever you got to do, we're talking sex. I told you before, I give no Fs, 
If I was alpha betting, I'd be skipping from me to G because I'm taking no FCs. I'll tell you right now, this next segment is going to be vulgar. It's going to be dirty. Judge me if you will. Time to address the hole. It's not the size of the boat. It's the motion in the ocean bullcrap theory. Now, I'm a short person, and with that, I do not have a large boat. Women want a man with a large boat, but there's one exception. If a man is willing to drink a little seawater, so to speak, then the boat size becomes a bit less obsolete. Or a bit more obsolete, I should say. A bit more obsolete. Uh, now, I'm a married man. How did I get a beautiful wife? Even though I'm a broke, stoned loser with no money or prospects? I happen to enjoy foreplay and absolutely love giving oral sex to a woman. This is the single only reason that I could possibly be a desirable mate to any non-blind, non-stupid woman. So call a public service announcement to any lonely, ugly, short, and non-rich bachelors out there looking for a long-term girlfriend or even a wife. Go down on them often and you will both be happy. Unless it smells like a rotten catfish carcass. Then run for the hills! Onto some local stuff, Imperial Beach, it's where I live, and IB News were apparently suing uh, for climate change against fossil fuel companies right now. Yeah, we're pursuing that, uh, pursuing that right now. Now, I don't understand this. Why would we give a crap about anything except the sewage that gets dumped in the ocean and moves north towards our beaches? Now, if we're fighting against anything, I mean anything, it should only be that. Because when 100 days out of the year, we can't swim on the beach that we pay to be able to swim on, to live next to, that's a problem, people. Now, when I have a friend come through from out of town, and I have to drive him up to Coronado to swim on the beach, because our beach is covered in Mexican poop, pretty sure... That's the number one issue. I don't give a crap about fossil fuels right now because I'm dealing with my leg rotting off if I dip it into the ocean I live next to. Come on, people. Let's get it together. Also in San Diego County news, house, house prices rose again in September, easing the housing market to ensure that it's not on a downward path. Oh, well, thank God for that. Thank God that housing prices are rising again to ensure that Peter Timothy Hanks can absolutely never purchase a home in San Diego County for his entire life. It is outrageous, folks. You cannot find anything outside of a box of shit for less than 500000 and they demand the 10% down payment. Now... I'm afraid I just don't have $50,000, and I never will. So I guess I'll rent for the rest of my life. And apparently 2500 bucks a month isn't enough, because now they're going to raise the price again. This is getting crazy. When I live on the street, my only hope is that I'll be able to continue the Peter Gabbett podcast for all my adoring fans. In Pacific Northwest sports, Blazers win. Versus the Warriors in regular season play, of course, as they could not beat them a single time in the postseason last year in the Western Conference Finals, having been swept, making us look like a bunch of fools. But of course, without Steph Curry, that's a whole different story, especially without Kevin Durant as well. The Blazers took care of business last night. Carmelo Anthony working out phenomenally, I must admit. 
When Carmelo Anthony first came to the Blazers, I thought, what a joke. Season's over. We're pathetic. We're reaching out to old men at their retirement communities and dragging them back in. But sure enough, the guy has pulled his weight. He's busted his butt. He's not a ball hog. Fantastic play last night. He had 17. Of course, Damian Lillard went off for 31. C.J. McCollum with 30. It's a combined 61 between the two. Hassan Whiteside with 16. You know, I've been loving this guy, Hassan Whiteside. I also doubted him when he came to the Blazers. I'm like, who is this guy? I've never heard of him. He's a blocking king. He just knows how to block a shot. Not sure which side of him is white, though, because pretty sure he looks all black to me. Folks, many of you who do know me know that I was a hardcore partier back in the day. I drank all the time. Drink, drink, drink. Smoke, smoke, smoke. That's all I ever did. But now... I gotta admit, it's a very rare occasion that I drink alcohol at all because it always makes me feel terrible. I'm not allergic to it. I just can't take it anymore. My weak, feeble body cannot handle the hangover. But let me say one thing. Some people believe there's cures for hangovers all over the place. In fact, some people believe a common cure for a hangover is a Bloody Mary. Now, I don't know why. I was a bartender for years. Many people would ask me, oh man, man I had such a bad night. I was... I was drinking all night, I hung over, I'm puking. Let me get a Bloody Mary, extra bloody. Now, I don't even know what that means because there's no blood in there. It's all tomato juice, which is disgusting. But uh, for me, personally, when I wake up, I'm dehydrated, I'm hungover, I've had alcohol all night, my teeth are rotting out, my gut hurts, everything's messed up. The very last possible thing on the planet that I want to consume into my belly is spicy, alcohol-filled tomato juice. I mean, if they ask me, what's the only thing you don't want to have ever during a hangover, it would be that. I just don't get it. Maybe they're after the alcohol boosting them back to where they were the night before, but that's just going to prolong the hangover, folks. And then midday, it's all going to finally hit you, and you're going to fall apart. I say, smoke weed, go back to sleep, wake up, you'll feel better. I'm not even sure about the smoking weed thing. There's been times where I've been so hungover, I try to smoke a bong hit, brings back all the drink, makes me sick. All I ever want when I'm hungover is sleep and vitamin water. And actually Tums to follow up the vitamin water because it gives me extreme acid reflux. All right, marijuana versus alcohol, ladies and gentlemen. It's a subject of topic all the time. It is what I think is one of the biggest, you know, hip hypocrisies this world has ever had. I mean, so let me get this straight. It's okay to slug a fifth of booze or a, a batch of brews or whatever you want to call it, a glass of wine even, in front of your child, showing them that it's normal to consume poison that could potentially kill you or... You can get behind the wheel of a vehicle after drinking it and possibly kill other people. But it's not okay, they say, to pack some ice in your glass piece, take a quick bong hit to get the edge off, and go about your day, which in my case always inspires me to do some housework. So, I'm here to say, Peter Hanks is declaring on the Peter Gabbett podcast, that it is okay to use marijuana in front of your child as long as you teach them that it is not okay for them to use it until they are 21, and then you can have a damn good time together. Sit back, 
blaze a doobie, talk about life, it'll be grand. Don't get me wrong, I'm no advocate for child smoking marijuana. That is a terrible mistake. I did that. I Look at me. I messed up. You can hear me right now. I'm a total freak. But I do know that it is not worse to smoke a joint in front of your kid than it is to smoke either a cigarette or even drink alcohol. I'm telling you, cigarettes kill, alcohol kills. We've been doing that in front of our kids for generations. I think it's high time for them to accept the new age where people smoke marijuana over the age of 21 in their home. They're safe. They're even safer driving high than drunk because, to be honest, when I'm stoned, I'm more paranoid about a cop pulling me over, so I try to drive the speed limit as best as I can. But if I'm drunk, I'm balls to the wall, baby. I don't give no Fs then. So hear me out. I'm going to say one last, one last time. It is okay to use marijuana in front of your children if you choose to do so as long as you teach them that they cannot do it until they're 21. Do it. Don't hide in the corners. Don't sneak around in the bathroom. It looks worse. It's what my dad's dad does with alcohol. We know you do it. Stop lying to us. Get it out there. You smoke weed. You want them not to do it until they're 21. When they are 21, if they choose to do so, and you still smoke, it'll be hilarious and awesome. Have a wonderful day. There, I said it. Peter Gabbard Podcast has made the executive decision that during the climax of every episode, possibly every, I don't know, I'm going to do a little story from my uh, history, from my real life. An uh, amusing anecdote, if you will. Uh, this one consists of me and a good buddy of mine. Uh, we'll call him Smythe. Coincidentally, Smythe is his nickname, but that'll uh, you know keep his uh, actual identity a secret as that has nothing to do with his real name. So me and Smythe... Two young guys, 14 years old, Hillsborough High School, freshman. Uh, we get invited to a party. You know, we're young. I look like I'm seven. He looks like a normal 14-year-old man. Uh, boy, I should say. And uh, we head to this party. Let's just say the girl's name was Demi. Lives real close to Hillsborough High School. You could walk there from it. We go to this party. We show up. There's booze everywhere. Our homies are drinking MD 2020. For those of you who don't know, that's also known as Mad Dog 2020. It's uh, basically fortified wine. It's disgusting. It is like a wine cooler, you know, on steroids. I don't know how we survived the days that we used to drink this crap. Orange Jubilee. The grape one was even worse. They were all over. So my buddy Smythe, back then, did not know. He happened to be diabetic. <laughs> but uh, not knowing that, he was, uh, he was on one, and he started chugging every single half bottle of MD he could find, all the way down to nothing, as if to show that he was the man, because he could chug MD 2020. Look at him go. How cool is he? A couple hours in, I find myself blazing it up in the garage of this house, eating some pizza I had found in the fridge. And sure enough, the cops show up. I mean, we're all young. Of course, the cops are going to show up, but people start filing out. One after another, the cops are letting some people go, keeping others. And I look for Smythe, because I know i got to get out of there. I roll out of the garage, pizza in hand. Young female policeman, policewoman, you know, comes directly up to me and says, I need to check your breath. Got to see if you've been drinking. I hadn't been drinking. I'd been smoking. Hadn't had a chance. Smoking the whole time, eating pizza, checked my breath, let me go. And I said to her, oh, I got to grab my friend before I roll. Uh, you mind if I check out, see if he's in the backyard? And she's like, oh, yeah, no problem. So I stroll back there and, oh, he was. Yeah, he was in the backyard. <laughs> Never in my wildest dreams could I possibly imagine where he was in the backyard, but I'll tell you. There's a, 
you know, a little battle that occurred, apparently, between Smythe and what's known as a fence. The fence won, and turns out Smythe fell asleep halfway over the fence while trying to run from the cops in a alcohol-induced diabetic coma. Not real coma, but it just knocked him out. He was gone. And they start pulling him off of there. He doesn't know what's going on. I tell the cop, I'm like, hey, I gotta grab my friend. You know, I'm just gonna take him with me. And they say, hell no. Get out of here. You're screwed too. I take their, uh, you know, I take their offer. And I jump into my friend. We'll call her Charmin. Charmin grabs me, takes me into her car, gets me out of there. And I wonder what happened to Smythe. Well, you know the rest. Got an MIP. Got screwed. Got written a big fine. Had to do some community service. Uh, you know, because he fell asleep halfway over a fence from chugging MD-2020. So, next time you think you remember partying it up as a freshman, nobody went as far as Smythe, who, not knowing he was diabetic, drank so much MD-2020 that he fell asleep halfway over a fence while running from the cops. Congratulations, sir. You were the subject of Peter Gabbett's amazing anecdote from my past. Hope you enjoyed that, everyone. Smythe, wherever you're at, love you, brother. Many of you know me because I'm a foodie. I love food, I, every type of food. Haven't found any vegan food I like, however. Nothing against vegans, love those peeps. All amazing, well done for you. I eat meat, however. And, you know, a lot of you know me for smoking meat. I'm a meat smoker. I like that smoke ring. Uh, I just became recently obsessed with smoking ribs. And, you know what, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. I do ribs in a fantastic way. And I want you to do them the same because I want you to enjoy them the way I do them. I make them till they, they just, they taste like candy. I'm telling you, here's how to do a nice rack of pork ribs. Obviously, you buy, you can buy the spare ribs if you want, which has the additional meat, St. Louis style. Or you can just buy, you know, a nice little baby back. If you have the baby back or the St. Louis, you do the same thing. Strip off the piece of membrane on the back of the ribs, on the inner side, you know. On the concave portion of the ribs, strip off the membrane. you got to pull that all the way off. If you have to, you can cut each piece. Sometimes it'll come off in a nice strip. It's, it's nice. And then score the meat. Cover it in whatever type of rub you like. What I like is, a, you know, a paprika, a paprika and brown sugar-based rub. You know, salt, pepper, garlic, salt, or garlic powder, onion powder, things of that nature. Whatever you want, put your rub on. Let it sit for a while with some rub. Then, after you're ready to put it on the smoker... You know, maybe start about 10 a.m., depending on the size of the ribs. Put on the top rack of the smoker, 225 the whole time. Whatever wood you use. I personally like a softer wood for my meat. Some people use hickory. Some people use, you know, mesquite. That's a little too strong for me as far as the smoke flavor. I like an apple wood or a, a nutty wood is, is good as well. Whatever you use, 225. Let your ribs go for an hour with just the rub on them. Then flip the whole rack of ribs over till it's upside down. Let them go for another hour till you hit noon. At noon, you put them back the way they're supposed to be and use a sop and mop. Now, what I use for a sop and mop, folks, it's an obvious combination. Soy sauce. You know, you got a little bit of Worcestershire. I like to use some barbecue and barbecue sauce. Any barbecue sauce will do. Barbecue is the best on the planet. I recommend that. Pineapple juice. You gots to have it. I'm telling you, pineapple juice is where it's at for the sop and mop. You gotta use pineapple juice. Try it. You're gonna love it. It candies it. It's so dang good. And of course, Dijon mustard. Mix all that up real well with a whisk, depending on how you like it, portions of each. And then sop and mop your ribs from noon to 5 p.m. 
every 30 minutes at 225 on a smoker. After that five hour mark hits, remove your ribs and let them rest for 10 minutes. And I promise you it will be the absolute best smoked ribs you have ever had in your entire life. If you've ever even had smoked ribs, if you haven't, it's going to start your, you know, you're going to have a really high standard at the very beginning. No one's ever going to meet the standard again. You can do it at yourself, you know, your own at your house. You can just have a Weber. Use a little wet wood in the charcoal. You can kind of do the same things as long as you keep it at a low and slow and low. Do it, people. Try these ribs. I promise you. Get a bottle of barbecue sauce to put on top at the very end. You're going to love them. Smoked ribs. Peter Gabbett style. Hope you enjoy the recipe. Ladies and gentlemen, that was episode five of the Peter Gabbett podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. It's going to get better every time, I promise. I'm going to leave you today with a beautiful song by Atmosphere known as Flicker. I believe it's a tribute to Idea of Ideas and Ability. Rest in peace. Here it is, Flicker by Atmosphere. See you soon. Brothers, you know me, you know I'm a control freak Who told you you could die before me? Gone, another dog lost to the wild I feel like a snot-nosed child And when I hear your smile, it's outlined in sadness You poked holes in the magic You taught jokes to the clowns That never learned how to appreciate the lights Before the bulbs burns out Flicker It ain't realistic I keep trying to make the pieces fit with The info presented I felt resentment I held this against myself I wanna help my friend It stays in my head That I was on a stage when you were laying in bed Body was discovered by your own mother It penetrates my chest I still taste the regret That I slept through a late night call from your homie But then I spoke with Sadiq the next morning And then I smoked one million cigarettes Go figure, maybe I was trying to catch up with you Flicker
much sleep I'm not sick, I'm fine I'm just trying to make the most of this limited time And I'm missing you, but I ain't gonna lie The distance grew between I and I And at the end, even though we didn't speak enough You were easily one of the best people I've loved And now I'm trying to write a song for a dead songwriter That wrote their own songs about life and death And every breath is full of self-awareness Don't ever be afraid to be embarrassed So I wrote these words to describe what I cry about But I'm certain if you were here right now You'd ridicule these lyrics You'd hate this chorus And probably tell me that the concept is too straightforward Flicker Run, man.